Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. This is Wednesday, December 27, 2017, and welcome to episode number 437 of the Mothership Broadcast of the WCWUS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com. This is WCWUS Revolution. Once again, I am Mr. WCWUS, Chad Hinshaw, back on the line here with you as we get set to talk about our favorite, favorite pastime of all time, professional wrestling. Of course, first off, we'll start off with our Wrestling News and Views here segment which is brought to us by our 2017 Hall of Fame News Tag Team, King Ice, represented here tonight by the Iceman, J.D. Gerard Girolamo. J.D., of course, is a 2015 and 17 WWS Hall of Famer, and also part of the team that brings you WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoe.com. Uh, coming in from the TalkShoe chat box tonight, bringing us our wrestling history and birthdays for today, is the human suplex machine, John Gross. John is a 2000... <clears throat> the first 2016, excuse me, WWS Hall of Famer, and also the, another part of the team that brings you WWS Raw Radio on Monday afternoons right here on TalkShoe.com. Before we go any further with, of course, everything else going on this evening, let's go ahead and bring J.D. and John in to what will be an explosive and dynamic <clears throat> and extremely thrilling, as we'll say, uh, episode 437 of Revolution. Yes, it will. Indeed. Tonight here, of course, folks, our live video feed will be coming from our tribute group to the to the land of the extreme, as they say. ECWS, this is extreme. <clears throat> and of course, if you like to chime in on, like to watch our uh, live video feed from there this evening, as well as of course listen to it, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ECWS extreme rules. <clears throat> if you want to chime in on anything that we have to talk about here tonight. Uh, through, of course, uh, uh, our, our original method through TalkShoe.com. Phone number, as always, is 1724-444-7444. Call ID 138055-POUND, the magic six numbers. 
and press that one if you want to chime in on anything that we have to discuss here this evening, which of course will be in addition to our wrestling news and views and history and birthdays. We'll be of course talking about our thoughts and opinions on last night's SmackDown Live, the final SmackDown we should say of 2017. <clears throat> we'll get we'll get our takes on uh, give our opinions on what took place there last night, and of course also <clears throat> we'll be. Uh, Let's see. We'll also will be uh, finding some very interesting things too. Some some might be in the form of wrestling company, wrestling trivia. You never know what we'll do, but we'll definitely have some stuff lined up here for you here this evening, right here on 4:37 of Revolution. Let's go ahead and get things going here with our wrestling news abusers segment. All fired up, ready to go here tonight. Here to bring it here to us is the Iceman JD Jared D. Geralmo. JD, go ahead. Let's see what we got this evening. Monday's Raw television show for Christmas night averaged 2.703 million viewers, according to ShowBuzzDaily.com. Viewership was down from the 2.78 million that six million average from last week. The first hour of Raw averaged 2.948 million viewers, while hour two drew 2.620 million viewers, and the final hour of the show averaged 2.543 million viewers. For the night, as we said, they did 2.70. Meanwhile, we did hear, however, that apparently, however, that Brian, excuse me, Brian Kendrick will be out two months. This, despite the fact that he had a uh, orbital bone broken, however, and also a fracture following his match that happened last Monday night or this past Monday night, however, as Hideo Tommy did the honors of doing so uh, that to Mr. Kendrick, however, on uh, Monday Night Raw this past Monday. Meanwhile, however, we understand that tonight, however, Ember Moon, however, took on Sonya Deville, however, for the women's title at NXT Full Sail University. Also, the Street Profits were in action, and to see who would be the new number one contender to face Andreas Sin Almas, however, we now know it will be Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano, who defeated Aleister Black, Laura Sullivan, and Killian Dane, however, mind you, to fit the spot. The Undisputed Era attacked Black when it looked like he was about to beat Laura Sullivan. Gargano then pinned Black to become the new number one contender. And let's see if we have any other news to report. However, besides the ones, like I said, as I mentioned, involving, however, uh, like I said, involving, however, mind you, however, the whole thing, however, uh, we do hear that Bobby Roode had a new interview recently saying that the war machine is indeed real, believe it or not. Recently, he spoke about this with Sam Roberts on a new podcast, and here is some of the things what he had to say about this. On uh, the experience of NXT when he arrived, Root said, as I started, the NXT really started to grow and started to do more more shows on the road. We started traveling around domestically to the different states, doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday shows, and sometimes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but nothing compared to what I'm doing now. Since I was brought up to SmackDown, August, I've done three international tours, and I think I've only had one weekend off since I started. This is the most consistent schedule I've ever worked. It's busy, but you know what? 19 years ago when I got into this business, if I knew I was going to make it, it was going to be like this. So this was expected. So I'm having fun doing it, however. On having the support of WWE, he said, years before I even got here, people talked about the WWE machine. If you got the WWE machine behind you, it's sky's the limit. It's absolutely true. Guys like Samoa Joe have always been incredible. AJ Styles has always been phenomenal. He's been one of the best I've ever been in the ring with, and now everyone has a chance to see that. On the constant travel schedule, we went on to say, the weird thing about it is, throughout my career, I was used to having different schedules, so your body becomes callous, if that makes sense. Through my career, I had dates where I would have gone weekends, three or four shots, and then be off for two weeks. Then I would be back on the road. 
It's during those times, however, that I'm the most sore. But working a consistent schedule like this, your body kind of gets used to it. I've always said the worst part about it all is being on the road. Sitting in a car for three to four hours and traveling to the next town. Flights and stuff like that is head and shoulders worse than falling on my back out there. But it's been great. Thank you very much there, uh, J.D. Of course, J.D., along with King and W.O. Gerard T. Smith is King Ice, your 2017 Hall of Fame News Tag Team. They bring all the news that is fit to print here in the radio network every single night here on the radio network. And if it doesn't fit, they always find a way to make it fit. And, of course, in GTS's case, super glue and duct tape, you cannot beat that big-time combination. Let's see what John has in the wrestling history and birthdays here for today, uh, December the 27th. 34 years ago today, which would put it at, let me see here, uh, 1983 today, at a Wrestling at the Chase taping in St. Louis, <clears throat> Hulk Hogan made his return to the WWF with a win over Bill Dixon. Hogan left the WWF in 1980 after deciding against the wishes of then-owner Vincent J. McMahon to film a small role in, of course, Rocky III. He went to the AWA where he rose to national and international prominence after the film's release in 1982. But AWA's attitude and stubbornness to make Hogan their world champion made Hogan return to the WWF very quickly. Under Vincent Kennedy McMahon, who took over from his father in early 1982, Hogan was the centerpiece of the WWF's expansion from regional territory to national promotion. One month after his debut in January 1984, Hulk Hogan won the WWF title over the Iron Sheik and would hold the WWF title five times <clears throat> in his second run until his departure in 1993, only to return in 2002 to win the WWF, the WWF Championship for the sixth time again. Also debuting for the WWF would be Mean Gene Okerlund. He was the WWF's main interviewer until he left the promotion in 1993. 30 years ago today, would put it at, let me see, 1987, in Las Vegas, <clears throat> Greg Gagne defeated Adrian Adonis in a tournament final to become the AWA International Television Champion. On the same show, Medusa Maselli won the AWA World Women's title as the title had been vacated for about six months when Sherry Martell, the previous champion, would leave for the WWF. That same day, Antonio Inoki beat Ricky Choshu in Tokyo, Japan, by DQ. But Takeshi Kitano introduced the newest member of his Takeshi Purasau Gundam stable, Big Van Vader. And, of course, our couple side nuggets, Leon White wasn't the first choice for the Vader gimmick. Believe it or not, it was going to be Sid Vicious. He wasn't their second choice either. It was actually, it was saying, they were actually thinking about Jim Helwig, who would wind up in the WWF in 1987, of course, as the Ultimate Warrior. Leon was set to debut for New Japan rival All Japan, but Giant Baba traded away his contract just before he debuted for them. Oh, uh, real quick, uh, I do have some breaking news coming in real quick. Uh, we understand that tonight Paige took a drop kick to the back of the head and fell to the mat. The best referee then checked her. However, we understand a medical personnel rushed down the ring and helped her to the back. We understand a six-person tag at a house show in Uniondale. We're still getting updates on this story. Okay, thank you, for, thank you very much, here, JD. Oh, um, imagine coming back the hard way there, especially for Paige. My goodness, thank you very much, JD, for that update. Thank you for keeping us informed. Peter would defeat Inoki in under three months, three minutes after demanding a match in his first act. 
The pro-Inoki crowd was whipped into a frenzy, and a riot ensued. As a result, New Japan Pro Wrestling was banned from running events in Sumo Hall, and it was rescinded in February of 1989. Bader was not the only debut at the show. Hiroshi Hase won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title from Kuniyaki Kobayashi. He would go on to a legendary career, winning the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title twice, and would win the IWGP Tag Team titles four times, as well as serving as chairman of the PWF, the governing body for the championships for all Japan pro wrestling. 28 years ago today, we put it at 1989, WWF presented No Holds Barred, the movie, on pay-per-view. The program consisted of the movie released in theaters earlier in the year, followed by the rematch from SummerSlam 1989 with champion Hulk Hogan teaming with Brutus Beefcake, taking on Randy Savage and Zeus in a tag team steel cage match. The match was taped on December 12th, and it was won by Hogan and Beefcake. That would be the last ever match for Zeus in the WWF, as he would leave the company shortly thereafter. 24 years ago today, we put it at 1993, WCW presented the 10th anniversary of Starcade. It is the most bought pay-per-view for WCW in more than a year. Halloween Havoc 1992 only had, had only 165,000 buys. Shows since then had about 100,000 buys, except for the most recent event, Battle Bowl. It's just up 10,000 buys from the 1992 event. And it's the first Starcade since the NWA-WCW split. Also, there was a side note. Sid Vicious was originally planned to take on Vader, but he was fired after a stabbing incident with Arn Anderson two months before the event. And Sid would rejoin with the WWF in 1995 before returning to WCW in 1999. Two future WWF stars, Steve Austin and Goldust, battled in a best-of-three falls match for the United States title, and it was Austin winning the belt. And Ric Flair defeated Big Van Vader to win the WCW World Heavyweight title. Had Flair lost the match, he would have to retire. On that same night, that same night on Raw, Alondra Blaze won the women's title in a tournament. The women's title was last seen in 1989, but it was reactivated. The women's title would become a part of the WWF for the, for the most of two years with Blaze winning the women's title three short times before she left the WWF in 1995. And not only that, took, of course, the women's championship with her and threw it in a garbage can on Monday Nitro. The women's title would be revived in the Attitude Era in September of 1998. 23 years ago, <clears throat> 23 years ago today, which would put it at, uh, let's see, in 1994. WCW presented Starcade from Nashville, Tennessee. 8,200 were in attendance with 130,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. One of the matches from this event was Vader defeated Jim Duggan to win the United States title. 22 years ago today, put it at 1995, WCW hosted Starcade again in 95 from Nashville, again in where Ric Flair won the WCW World Heavyweight title over Randy Savage, after he defeated Lex Luger and Sting early on in the in the night to become the number one contender. Nineteen years ago today, which put it at nineteen ninety eight. Then uh, real quick note of that uh, ninety five show, if you remember too, it was also the year that they did the World Cup, WCW versus Japan. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because you had yeah. a Tony and Eddie, you had Benoit Liger, you had uh Tenzon in that match, uh the uh, a couple other big names too. Oh, okay. That's that's I do I do remember that. I do remember that. What do they call that? The uh, 
It wasn't called Super Show, was it? Super uh, Super Super J Cup or something like that. That sounds familiar or something like that. Right. I do. I do. I do remember that. Thank you very much, here, JD. Uh, nineteen years ago today, nineteen was nineteen ninety eight. WCW presented another another Starcade, but this time it was in Washington D.C. Sixteen thousand sixty six were in attendance with four hundred sixty thousand homes watching on pay per view. Down from WCW's recent high of 700,000 homes for, of course, Starcade 1997. Of course, you know the main event here. Kevin Nash defeated Goldberg in a no-DQ match to capture the WCW title with help from Scott, Scott Hall and a taser gun. The win ended Goldberg's undefeated run in WCW at just over 15 months and 173 matches since his debut in September of 97. 18 years ago, right here, uh, so today we put it at 1999, WWF presented Raw, hey, from my neck of the woods, Greensboro, North Carolina. It where The Rock defeated Mankind in a pink slip on a pole match with the matchup being made by Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. But Mick Foley's firing did not stick as he was reinstated two weeks later. I remember seeing that, that, that clip from that episode. Twelve years ago today, we put it at 2005, as SmackDown taping in Uncasville, Connecticut, MNM defeated Batista and Rey Mysterio to win the tag, WWE Tag Team titles. And they, had, they helped, had help from the returning Mark Henry, a man who had not been seen in WWE since February of 2004. One year ago, 2016, on SmackDown from the All-State, from the All-State Arena, SmackDown was a jam-packed show with John Cena making made his return to challenge AJ Styles for the WWE title at the Royal Rumble. American Alpha won the WWE Tag Team titles over Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. And Alexa Bliss retained the women's title against Becky Lynch with help from La Luchadora. And AJ Styles retained the WWE Championship in a triple threat match against Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin. And with that, SmackDown defeated Raw in the ratings, with SmackDown drawing a 2.885, while Raw drew a 2.855. And we have and we have some birthdays here tonight today here, folks. First off, we want to wish happy happy thirtieth birthday for Andy Levine, the two thousand eleven Tough and Tough Enough winner. <clears throat> today is also a happy thirty seventh birthday to Cesaro. John is not going to do any going to do history on him, but she wants to do history on two other birthdays he's about to announce. First one is a very bittersweet birthday. JD, you might probably know this today would have been the 48th birthday for Joni Lore, otherwise known as China. Yes. And I mean, here, here, John has some history on her right here. On December 27, 1969, she was born in Rochester, New York, where she had two older siblings. She had problems with her family where her first stepfather threatened suicide and her biological father had a problem with alcoholism. About the 70s and 80s, her siblings, she and her mother, would move several times she learned to play the violin and cello as a child, and she was sexually kissed by a much older teacher in seventh grade who worked at her school at age 13. Um, she began at, at age 13, she began purging after eating. She would leave home at the age of 16 after her mother tried to force her into a drug rehab facility, going instead to, to live with her biological father. That same year, she worked out, and because her muscles were so strong, she didn't feel any pain when she developed an ovarian tumor finishing her last year of high school in Spain. She attended the University of Tampa, graduating in 1992, 
with a major in Spanish literature. She also studied French and German in college and said that she was raped by two guys after being drunk at a party. Oh, boy. She was a member of the ROTC and wanted to use her knowledge of foreign languages to work for the FBI or DEA. Subsequently, she would join the Peace Corps and was assigned to Guatemala. After returning from abroad, Laura had several different jobs, including a, excuse me, Bless you. Thank you. Um, she had several different jobs, including a cocktail waitress in a strip club, singer in a band, and a 900 number chat line worker. Oh, man. Oh, it's 900 China for a dark night in China. Yeah, there you go. In her mid to late 20s, while living in the Florida Keys, she took a six week class to, to train to be a flight attendant. On the way to her first flight, she was in a car accident and spent four days in the hospital. After recovering from the accident, Laura's sister, Kathy, helped her get a job selling pagers, and both women worked as belly dancers. After, <clears throat> after, after college, Laura began to regularly enter fitness competitions. In 1996, she, she competed in the New York City regional level of the Fitness America competition because of her large size compared to the other women. She usually finished in last place. She began her professional wrestling career when she was where she trained at Killer Kowalski School in Malden, Massachusetts. Her first match was in 1995 against a male wrestler dressed as a woman. While attending the school, she also worked for various independent promotions as Joni Lee. Some of her earliest matches were set up by the fabulous Moolah. Laura met WWF performers Triple H and Shawn Michaels after a professional wrestling show in 1996. After watching tapes, they decided to bring her into the WWF as a bodyguard. Vincent Mann, the owner of the WWF, did not want her to join the company because she didn't think the audience would find a woman being that men believable. While, <clears throat> while waiting for the WWF's decision, Laura was approached by WCW who wanted her to be the sole female member of the NWO. She accepted the offer but turned it down when Shane McMahon informed her that she was about to get hired by the WWF. However, Kowalski claimed that he got Laura hired by the WWF after introducing her to Shane McMahon and telling him of WCW's interest in her. She would make her debut in February 1997, attacking Marlena while Goldust wrestled Triple H in the ring, and she would help Triple H out by, by winning, uh, help Triple H win some of his matches and also aided him winning the 1997 King of the Ring over Mankind. She and Triple H would join Shawn Michaels, forming D-Generation X. After Shawn left the WWF in 1998 due to a back injury, Triple H and China became leaders of DX. She then formed a brief alliance with Mark Henry after their date in November 1998, but China dumped him in January of 1999. <clears throat> Excuse me. In that month, she was the first woman to take part in the 30-man Royal Rumble match and won the number 30th spot after winning the Corporate Rumble. I remember that. Yeah, that was... She would only eliminate Mark Henry until being eliminated by Stone Cold Steve Austin. The next night, China would join the corporation. and she would turn her back on DX. She didn't teamed up with Kane, but at, but at WrestleMania 15, China would turn her back on Kane, and many thought she would be joining DX again. But it was a setup 
when she and Triple H rejoined the corporation by helping Shane McMahon beat X-Pac to retain the European title. The duo would be part of the corporation and later Shane McMahon's corporate ministry following the dissolution of the corporate ministry. China would stay at Triple H's side as they, until they split up later in the year. China continued to have an awesome 1999 as she joined the King of the Ring tournament and was eliminated by the Road Dog. She would become the number one contender for Stone Cold's WWF title. By defeating Triple H and the Undertaker in a triple threat match, but she lost the number one contendership to Mankind. She would then win the Intercontinental title at No Mercy over Jeff Jarrett until losing the title to Chris Jericho at Armageddon. She and Chris Jericho became the Intercontinental Championship co-holders until the 2000 Royal Rumble when Jericho won the sole beneficiary of the Intercontinental title. Later that year, she joined Eddie Guerrero, and Eddie had a romance with her. Mamacita. Everybody, say that with me now. Mamacita. I don't say it all at once. <laughs> she would win the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam by defeating Val Venus. She teamed up with Eddie in that match to beat Val Venus. And Trish Stratus in a tag team match. But in the th- fall of 2000, China and Eddie split up after Eddie was found in the shower with two women. Ooh, yeah, I remember that. At the end of 2000, she was injured by the right to center, but returned in 2001 to win the WWF Women's title at WrestleMania 17 against Ivory. After retaining her title against Lita at Judgment Day, she would leave the WWF. She would join New Japan Pro Wrestling for a brief period in 2002 and would join TNA in 2011 as Kurt Angle's business associate, but would leave TNA after her first match. After she declared sacrifice 2000, TNA sacrificed 2011, her final wrestling match. Okay.
In April 2016, she was found found dead at her home in Redondo Beach, California at the age of 46. Her manager had grown concerned when Laura, of course, China, didn't post updates or content to her usual social media outlets for several days and would find her body in her apartment. Memorial service was held in Los Angeles on June 22, 2016, where 100 <clears throat> fans and friends attended, including Melina, Barry Williams, and Coolio. And believe it or not, that was the same day when China died that we also lost Prince as well. I remember seeing a video of them dumping China's ashes into the ocean, I think it was. I think it was, yeah, I remember too. But John says we have saved the 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 best for last, and he says this man is still alive and he needs no introduction. Okay, John, let's let's hear who it is. Let's see who it is. Today, oh, too sweet right here. John, uh, John today saying here today is a happy 51st birthday to Goldberg. Goldberg was born and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he had a bar bar mitzvah at Temple Israel and graduated from Tulsa Edison High School. He had a love for football early in life and became a bouncer at the age of 16. Goldberg's mother, Ethel, is a classical violinist. While his father, Jed, attended Harvard University, he was an obstetrician and gynecologist. They divorced, and sadly, Jed died in late 2006. Ethel also breeds flowers and created an an award-winning hybrid orchid, which she named after Goldberg. (laughs) His brother, Michael, is the owner. Of a music club in Aspen, Colorado. Goldberg claims that he is proud of his Jewish heritage and refused to hide it in the wrestling world. Including refusing to wrestle on Yom Kippur, his remaining great-grandfather, Marcel, immigrated from Bucharest and came to the U.S. through Ellis Island. His other great-grandfather, Willie, was a Russian immigrant. Hmm. Goldberg earned a scholarship to play for the University of Georgia Bulldogs football team, 
where he served <coughs> excuse me, as a defensive tackle. And he was taken by the Los Angeles Rams in the 11th round with the 302nd overall selection in the 1990 NFL Draft. He played for the Rams in the 1990 NFL season and was followed up by a stint with the CFL Sacramento Gold Miners and, and of course, we all, we've all, as we always heard, the Atlanta Falcons. From 1992-1994, after he was cut from the Falcons in 1995, he was selected by the Carolina Panthers in the 1995 NFL expansion draft, but never played a game with the team. He was the first player to have been cut by the Panthers. Well, isn't that something? Goldberg's NFL career ended. It would have been interesting if he actually did play for Carolina. It would have been interesting. Goldberg's NFL career ended when he tore his lower abdomen off of his pelvis. Ooh. He had hopes of returning to the league after rehabilitation, but due to his lack of success, he wasn't considered a major asset. Goldberg's playing in the NFL was described as a mixed emotional experience because despite reaching... The goal of simply playing in the NFL, he didn't obtain the level of achievement that he desired. During his rehab from the NFL injury, Goldberg was powerlifting in mixed martial arts training. <clears throat> and believe it or not, Lex Luger and Sting spotted him and urged him to try professional wrestling. Although he wasn't a fan of wrestling, he would use it as an alternative to his fledgling uh, football, uh, I guess his fledgling football career. and began training at the WCW power plant. Working as Bill Gold, he made five appearances and won five dark matches. But his last... But his last pre-televised appearance was on July 24th, where he suffered a loss to Chad Fortune. Goldberg would actually officially make his debut on September 22, 1997, by quickly defeating Hugh Morris. That was the same night in the WWF in where Austin stunned McMahon at Madison Square Garden. So there was something big to watch on this on that particular date, September 22, 1997.
Soon afterward, Goldberg continued to score quick victories over his fellow wrestlers in the range of one to two minutes. His, 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 excuse me, his succession of wins saw him quickly advance up the card. He was pushed as a singles wrestler, and the newcomer captivated fans with his monstrous yet silent charisma. I'll be right back. Okay, J.D. Bruce is monstrous yet silent charisma, brute strength, and agility that saw him vault the ropes. Goldberg continued to dominate and would make his pay-per-view debut at Starcade 1997 by defeating Steve McMichael. In 1998, he would squash Brad Armstrong at Super Brawl and Perry Saturn at Spring Stampede. Men March WCW stopped referring him by his full name, shortening to just simply Goldberg. Around this time, WCW began counting. Goldberg's wins on TV as he continued to climb up to the ranks. Goldberg's win over Saturn was his. 74th consecutive win without a loss. The next night, Goldberg won the U.S. title over Raven and was successfully defending the United States title against all comers. He would adopt the catchphrase, Who's next? In reference to his rapidly expanding winning streak, Goldberg would get over as a main eventer. And so he started to become a contender to the WCW title. On July 6, 1998, he defeated Scott Hall to gain a shot at Hulk Hogan's WCW title. And that evening, Goldberg would capture the WCW title over Hulk Hogan. Goldberg would remain the WCW champion throughout the remainder of 1998, I do believe. Turning back to challenges of the NWO, of course, the NWO Wolfpack, Sting, Diamond Dallas Page, Bam Bam Bigelow, Ming, and among others. But as Starcade Goldberg's reign and streak ended by, was ended by Kevin Nash on December 27, 1998, of course, as we stated earlier on here in the rest of history. WWF began mocking Goldberg with the character Gilberg, 
Gilbert, who was actually Dwayne, Dwayne Gill, was the, the WWF light heavyweight champion at the time. January 4, 1999, Goldberg was scheduled to get his return title match against Nash, but was arrested after Miss Elizabeth allegedly filed a complaint against Goldberg that led to a ruse all along by the reuniting NWO. That sold out, Goldberg would regain revenge by defeating Scott Hall in a ladder match and would also beat Kevin Nash at Spring Stampede. And Slamboree. He would take time off to prepare for his movie debut in 1999, but he would return in two months to defeat Rick Steiner. At Road Wild, he also would defeat DDP at Fall Brawl and then challenge Sid Vicious to a match to end his streak. In his streak, of course, the two feuded. Which, with each other, which culminated in a match at Halloween Havoc, in where Goldberg won the WCW United States title via referee stoppage. Later on that night, he would challenge Sting for the WCW title and would defeat him for the championship. But J.J. Dillon had ruled that the match was not sanctioned by WCW, that therefore Goldberg's victory was void, but Sting was not given the title back due to his attack. On a referee, and Dylan would announce a 32 man tournament with a now vacant title, which included Goldberg. But Goldberg was eliminated by Bret Hart with help of Sid Vicious, continuing their feud again. Goldberg would win an I Quit match against Sid at Mayhem to end the feud. After that, he formed an alliance with Bret Hart, and they would win the WCW World Tag Team titles, only to lose the titles to Hall and Nash. At Starcade, both Goldberg and Hart would. would wrestle for the WCW title. During that match, Goldberg would deliver a stiff kick to Hart's head, giving Brett a concussion and also tearing 
a muscle in his neck. But Hart, like a true champion, continued the battle on, and the match ended when Roddy Piper, who was a special guest referee, declared Hart the winner despite Goldberg never having submitted to the sharpshooter in a a reenactment to the 97 Survivor Series where Bret Hart wrestled Shawn Michaels for the WWF title in Montreal. Goldberg and Brett would face off in a rematch again with Brett retaining over Goldberg with help from Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Brett, Nash, and Hall, alongside Jeff Jarrett and Scott Steiner, would form NWO 2000. But before Goldberg feuded with them on, De- it was a, <clears throat> on December 23, 1999, Goldberg chased the NWO limousine into the parking lot. The spot in the sequence called for Goldberg to pound the windshield, I believe, of the limousine. with his hands. To ensure safety, Goldberg had assistance from a piece of metal pipe and his hands were covered. In black tape. After this, Goldberg broke some of the vehicle's windows and Goldberg broke the first two with his hands and then Would get aggressive gashing his forearm through the third window, continued to pound the hood of the limo with his bloody arm. But after it ended, it was he was immediately taken to the arena and rushed to a nearby hospital where the wound was patched. <clears throat> Goldberg lost a large amount of blood due to the accident. Goldberg would miss the first part of 2000 WCW and was scheduled to face Manubu Nakanishi in January of 2000 as well. He would return in May of 2000 to help Kevin Nash against Tank Abbott and Rick Steiner for the first time at the Great American Bash. Goldberg turned heel and helped Jeff Jarrett retain the WCW title, but the heel turn quickly dropped, turning Goldberg back into a face again.
After he had a feud with Scott Steiner, Goldberg's rivalry with Vince Russo accelerated, and in October of 2000, Russo laid down the gauntlet. Goldberg was losing another match, he would be forced to retire from professional wrestling. Goldberg held on and defeated all comers. Defeating Chronic at Halloween Havoc in a handicap match. Lex Luger at Mayhem at Starcade. But in January 2001, his streak was broken. At, at WCW Sin, when Goldberg teamed up with Dwayne Bruce as they lost to Luger and Buff Bagwell, and where a fan sprayed mace to Goldberg's face. After WCW Sin, Rick Flair, Lex Luger, Steiner, Bagwell, Jarrett, and Animal all held a mock funeral for Goldberg. Goldberg would not return to WCW in 2001 because of the WWF selling by WCW. Goldberg's contract was, wasn't buyed out with WWF from WWF to, to WWF from Tom Warner. Goldberg was not involved in the WWF invasion angle. He stayed under contract to Time Warner until May of 2002 <clears throat> when he agreed on a contract buyout as he was WCW's highest paid athlete alongside Bret Hart, earning $2.5 million per year, a sum of which would have risen to $3.5 million in the final year of his contract due to have expired in July of 2002. Goldberg will return to the ring in August of 2002, where he joined All Japan Pro Wrestling. His success in Japan led him to the WWE. Diarrhea. As WWE began contract negotiations with him at WrestleMania 19, there were vignettes for the next pay-per-view backlash and were clips of Goldberg (laughs) was shown in where Goldberg would debut at Backlash but Goldberg didn't wait that long. He made his debut the night after WrestleMania. Interrupting the Rock's appreciation night after the Rock's win over Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 19. And Goldberg then speared the Rock right out of his boots.
At Backlash, Goldberg's first official match was against The Rock, and where Goldberg defeated The Rock, causing The Rock to go away. <coughs> From Hollywood, he would go undefeated, defeating Three Minute Warning and Christian in May of 2003. With some long history there. <laughs> yep. Long birthday here, indeed. He feuded with Chris Jericho after Jericho was revealed to be the man who conspired with Lance Storm to try to run Bill Goldberg over. At Bad Blood, Goldberg defeated Jericho, and then in December, he started to rival with Triple H for the World Heavyweight title. <coughs> but Stone Cold changed the match to a six-man Elimination Chamber match, which featured Randy Orton, Chris Jericho, Kevin Nash, and Shawn Michaels. That would be the second Elimination Chamber match in the history of the WWE. Goldberg dominated the late half of the Elimination Chamber Eliminating Jericho, Michaels, and Orton until being eliminated last. By Triple H, thanks to a sledgehammer shot, Goldberg was unable to capture the World Heavyweight title that night, but Goldberg would capture. And I do see we have guest four coming in here on the ch- on the chat box here. Uh, we do guess for welcome to number 437 of Revolution. Uh, Mr. WWS, Chad Hinshaw here, as well as the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, and the human place machine, John Gross here. Thank you for coming on. Which, but Goldberg would capture it by, as forgiven by defeating Triple H, and he would hang on to the title despite Triple H putting, putting a bounty on his head. And guess four is saying thanks, but John, you're next to quote Goldberg. Oh Lord. We all know who does guess four is. It would be Batista that would claim the bounty and Triple H would gain the title shot Survivor Series for the World Heavyweight title. And for some reason, Guest Four says, and yes, he's talking to me, he said, yes, Chad, I like fire, fire, ha-ha, fire, fire, fire. What? (laughs) But Triple H would fail again at Survivor Series. However, Triple H would reclaim the world title of Armageddon over Kane and Goldberg. Well, it's not who I thought it was, Guest Four. I could only have one guess. 
JD, you sorry dog. <laughs> Over Kane and Goldberg in a triple threat match, Goldberg would try to regain the world hitting the title game in 04 and would enter the 2004 Royal Rumble match. JD, what are you going to learn, man? You can't do that overnight, man. What's wrong? <laughs> As number 30th entry, Goldberg was dominant, but he would be eliminated by Brock Lesnar. Brock would interfere after Goldberg confronted him at Survivor Series and WrestleMania and at the Royal Rumble. Well, actually, uh, Kurt Angle eliminated Goldberg because Brock hit him with the F5, and Goldberg screamed, you're next, you son of a... I'm not going to even say what else it is. Yeah, SOB will say that. There you go. And no way out, Goldberg would get retaliation by costing Brock Lesnar the WWE title against Eddie Guerrero. <clears throat> That would give these two a match at WrestleMania with Steve Austin as the guest referee. The crowd did not the crowd did not buy into this match one bit with Austin getting the most cheers. Fans knew that Goldberg and Lesnar would both be leaving the WWE. But in the end, it would be Goldberg getting the win over Lesnar at Madison Square Garden. But after the match, Austin delivered stunners. To Goldberg and Brock Lesnar as one final parting gift from the WWE. Both Goldberg and Lesnar would not stay out of WWE for long anymore. Brock would, of course, return to the WWE in 2012. While Goldberg made some appearances in the Legends of Wrestling shows about In the mid, mid part of 2016, Goldberg would become somewhat involved in WWE again as he was part of the WWE 2K8 of the 2000 WWE 2K17 DLC edition. He and former rival Brock Lesnar traded insults with each other throughout social media and WWE 2K events such as Gamescom.
Goldberg had also appeared at the, at the WWE 2K SummerSlam event the weekend before the pay-per-view took place. He didn't. He did. He, he then contemplated a return <sighs> to WWE while JD was coughing <laughs> in October. This led to Paul Heyman challenging Goldberg to face Brock Lesnar on the October 10th episode of Raw, in where Heyman blamed. Good Lord, John. That Goldberg was one the, the one blemish on Lesnar's WWE career. Goldberg had defeated Lesnar, of course, at WrestleMania 20 on March 14, 2004. But the following week on Raw, Goldberg would return to the WWE and challenge Lesnar to a match, saying that he would not he would be next and last. Goldberg and Lesnar would face off as face off as Survivor Series with Goldberg defeating Lesnar in only one minute and twenty six seconds. The next night on Raw, Goldberg announced he was going to be the first participant in the 2017 Royal Rumble match. He would return on some Raw shows in 2017 before the Royal Rumble, even getting involved in a face off on the Go Home Show with Brock Lesnar and the Undertaker. At the Royal Rumble, Goldberg entered at number twenty eight and he eliminated Brock Lesnar. Rusev and Luke Harper eliminated Brock Lesnar, Rusev and Luke Harper before he was eliminated by the number 29 entry, The Undertaker. Lesnar then returned to Raw to challenge Goldberg for one final battle at WrestleMania 33. Goldberg would accept the challenge. but not before challenging Kevin Owens for the Universal title at Fastlane on behalf of Kevin Owens' buddy, Chris Jericho. Jericho accepted on behalf of Owens. Goldberg would defeat Owens to win the Universal title with help from Chris Jericho after Owens had turned his back on him several weeks before the match. Goldberg did lose the Universal title at WrestleMania 33 to Brock Lesnar. In his first ever singles clean loss, he appeared the following night on Raw on Raw talk to say goodbye to the fans, but ultimately didn't.
didn't rule out a return in the future. There is speculation, though, that Goldberg could be back in the WWE as a, as a member of the 2018 Hall of Fame and may be a possible match at WrestleMania 34. Only time will tell. And John says that is all he's got for the history and birthdays for tonight. John, thank you very long. We do. I do greatly appreciate that. Thank you. And, J.D., thank you very much for the rest of the news reviews here for tonight. Let's take care of this one more time here, folks. 1724-444-7444, call ID 138055-POUND. This is episode number 437 of WWUS Revolution for uh, Wednesday, December 27, 2017. Mr. WWUS, Chad Hinshaw, the Iceman, Jared D. Girolamo, and the human suplex machine, John Gross, uh, here with you here tonight. Gentlemen, um, due to, of course, a little bit of time constraints, if you would like just to give me, give us, um, throw out some, what you thought was was some key moments from last night's SmackDown uh, live broadcast. Uh, won't be able to go through a full-blown account of it, but uh, but we want to give us, give us some, like I said, just some tidbits of what you thought was some of the in- interesting moments here, of course, on uh, from SmackDown Live last night. And John says he's got to give himself a hand for doing the histories and the birthdays. <laughs> yeah, indeed, John, indeed. So, uh, so gentlemen, which one, which one would, would like to go first? Uh, so, are you feeling okay there, Judy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you went, ah. Oh. <laughs> Okay, sorry. You know what? I'll go first. Okay, yeah. Just like I said, some key moments from SmackDown last night. Go ahead. Well, obviously, we knew we had a rematch with AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens that ended in controversy. And, of course, it came as no surprise that it did become controversial. Of course, um, we did see... uh, What was it, however? Uh, Shoot, I can't remember now. Darn it. (laughs) Uh... I just had it. Crap. Oh, yeah. So we had uh, AJ Styles, of course, lose, however, in a very controversial way, however, thanks to uh, basically Owens cheating, however, and then, of course, um, this was very interesting considering, in fact, earlier in the night, however, we did see, however, that there would be a U.S. title tournament, however, go on, however, to see who would be the next U.S. champion since Dolph Ziggler left a week ago. Uh, mind you, of course, uh, Baron Corbin ended up losing that one to Bobby Roode. Ty Dillinger, of course, uh, took on Jinder Mahal. And, of course, Ty Dillinger, they screw over yet again because Mr. Steroid himself, however, the meathead of meatheads, however, won that one. Naomi defeated, lost to Ruby Wright in a quick match, which was um, a quick match. And then, of course, Gable and Benjamin defeated Rusev Day in the New Day to get a tag title slot next week against Jimmy and Jey Uso. Uh, the whole 205 Live show was once again a freaking joke, as you would expect, however. As once again, it was absolutely pathetic beyond words. Hideo Tommy, of course, ended up defeating Jack Gallagher, of course, mind you, however. Uh, in the opener, Tommy won that one. Tony Nese, of course, took on Tozawa. Tony Nese won that one. And then in the main event, Drew Pepperjack, Ulog, and Avari defeated Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali, to which Alexander and Ali won that one. So... Yeah, once again, it was just another shit uh, show, to say the least, however. 
and pretty pathetic to say the least. So that's all I'm going to say. Okay, JD, thank you very much. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go into more detail, but I think I might save it tomorrow night though for a few key other for the real yeah. icebreaker because since we were against uh, against time, I would have done a lot more. But I will definitely have a lot more to say tomorrow. Well, we'll save a little bit more to talk about SmackDown tomorrow night on Wolfpack there. I think that might be interesting there. Uh, John says here, last year, SmackDown defeated Raw in the viewership. Obviously, the U.S. title tournament is setting up a possible return to possibly Dolph Ziggler coming back in the near future. Hmm. John thinks that Bobby Roode is considered a dark horse to win the United States title. As long as Jinder doesn't get his hands on it like he did with the WWE title. I agree there. I hope to God that does not happen. Please, God, don't let Jinder have his hands on the United States title, because it would be a travesty to America if an Indian held the United States title. Ooh. Okay. I wouldn't say it's well, a tragedy, but it would, it would be it would be rough. Let's just say that. I want to say that. Okay. As far as Owens and Styles goes, John does say at the Royal Rumble that there may be another triple threat match as well. Owens versus Styles versus Zayn for the title. Unless it's either Zayn or Owens, but Owens versus Styles for the WWE title might happen. And John said that's all he's got for his review as well. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll like I said, we'll get into more. We'll probably have a more time on Wolfpack tomorrow night. If uh, I'm sure, I'm sure JD you and John wanted to give some more take on uh, what happened on SmackDown last night. I think there might be a whole lot more to say, like you said. So <clears throat> thank you very much, there, gentlemen. Um, I did I did find something very interesting here, and I've uh, I, I figured that we may give. If y'all don't mind, I figured we um, might give uh, some wrestling Jeopardy a, a rest. Yeah, I found something else that was pretty interesting. Uh, and and these are there 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 are not going to be any choices here. Uh, but uh, but I did find some uh, some interesting stuff here. I think. Uh, uh, that then y'all y'all might get it y'all might get a good kick out of right here. What I'm going to do here is I am going to um, let uh, you you JD go first and then John go. It's, these are just this regular res, this this general wrestling questions. Okay. Um, and like I said, I'm gonna let you answer one answer the first one JD. Then John will go next. It's gonna be like a back and forth thing. Between you, um, just this is uh, just for fun anyway. So just yeah. pass the time a little bit. I mean, if y'all are game for doing that, sure. Okay, uh, uh, John, are you okay with that? And John said he's uh, he said he he said he wouldn't mind that as well. All right, let's see what we have. Right, it's coming from onlineworldofwrestling.com. Um, some interesting stuff here. Here we go. Question number one, JD, you get the first question. All right. When, when Big Van Vader made a surprise appearance for TNA in 03, who did he save from a beatdown? I'm going to say Dusty Rhodes. And you're right, it was Dusty Rhodes. John, this is your question. Who was Ringmaster Steve Austin's opponent? At WrestleMania 12. You are correct, John. It is Salvia Vega. 
All right, J.D., let's see if you know this exactly. And what was the exact date that Stephen Regal began using the name William Regal in the WWE? May 1998? September 18, 2000. But good guess, though, J.D. John, your question is this. Who was Goldberg's first opponent in a WWE pay-per-view in 2003? And, John, you did say it earlier. You said The Rock, and it is The Rock. That's right. Question number five, J.D. Who did Randy Macho Man Savage defeat in the finals of the 1987 King of the Ring Tournament? Uh, I'm going to say that was... Uh, wow, let me think here. I'm going to say, and go out on a limb, I'm going to say uh, Ricky Steamboat. King Kong Bundy. The good guesses here, guys. Like I said, this is... This is you know, you get to learn a lot of interesting things here when we do stuff like this. Uh, John, your question is this. What was the entrance music used by the Fantastics, the team of Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers? John's going to pass on it. John, the answer is Sharp-Dressed Man by ZZ Top. Also used by Jimmy Garvin. Yes. Oh, that's right. I do remember that. It's been a long time since I remember that. J.D., here's your question. Who won the eight-man Gold Rush tournament on Raw in May of 05? That would be, memory serves me correctly, John Cena? It was Edge. John? During the late 80s, George the Animal still began bringing a raggedy puppet mascot to the ring with him. By what name did he call this item? You say ferret. John, the answer is nine. Mine! Mine! <laughs> J.D., here's your question. On the May 7, 1986 episode of Tuesday Night Titans, Mr. Fuji and Don Morocco premiered a new soap opera segment called what? Fuji General. Close. Fuji Vice. And then they did Fuji General, too. I do. No, I do remember that, because I remember them showing them, I think, complaining to some of the producers and all about it. But, yeah, I remember, I remember those clips. John, here's your question. When Mark Merrow turned heel and split with Sable in the WWF, who did Merrow choose as his new valet? John, you're correct. It was Jacqueline. J.D., in 2000, Shane Douglas and Buff Bagwell won a tournament for the WCW Tag Team titles. Who did they defeat in the finals? The perfect event. The team of Ric Flair and Lex Luger. Yeah, the perfect event, I think they were called. I thought that was... Um, oh, wait a minute. I know. I thought that was... Um, I think. 
That was put no, that was Palumbo and uh, Sean Spacey. That's right. That's right. My mistake. My mistake. Yeah, I think to, the team package. I think they called themselves team package. Team package. That's it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, okay. All right. A good guess, though, John. JD. Good. Good. Good guess. John, here's your question. With whom did Rick Martel form a tag team known as the Supermodels in 1995 in an attempt to get back in the WWF? John says he's going to pass the answer is Don Callis. J.D., Owen Hart, as the Blue Blazer, made his WrestleMania debut at WrestleMania Five against who? Uh, that would be... Owen made his debut against uh, Marty Jannetty. Mr. Perfect. All right, John, this one, this question apparently has some choices here. So, John, listen carefully. What are the only tag team titles that the Killer Bees as one as a tag team? Is it the WWF tag titles, the AWA tag titles, the UWF tag titles, or the Florida tag titles? John, that's not one of the choices there, but you think you say it was the AWA? The answer oh, was the UWF wow. tag titles. I'm sorry, JD. I just found an old video of the Great American Bash shower from 1987 from my hometown. Oh, cool. We got Dusty, Nikita, and the Road Warriors versus Flair, Tully, Arn, and Luger. Oh, my goodness. And JD, you're up next, my man. Right. What current independent wrestler is known as the self proclaimed ICW slash ICWA Texarkana TV champion? Pass. Sweet and Sour, Larry Sweeney. I would have not known that one. Okay. John, here is your question. Before entering the WWE, Nikki James made a name for herself on the independent circuit, Ring of Honor, and TNA using what name? John, you're correct. It was Alexis Lurie. Nice job, Don. J.D., here's yours. When Aaron Stevens became known as Aaron the Idol Stevens, which two female wrestlers were assigned to be his sex addict valets? Uh, Ashley Mazzaro and Molina. Shelly Martinez and Beth Phoenix. Oh, Beth Phoenix, we know, was uh, Ariel, and Beth Phoenix doesn't imagine if she was that then, however. Mm. On. You got that right. Uh, John, your question is, who was Goldberg's first opponent at a WCW pay-per-view in 1997? John, you're correct. It was Steve Mongo McMichael. J.D., your next question is this. What two wrestlers did Eddie Guerrero defeat in a three-way to capture the IWA Mid-South title in 2002? J.D. 
JD. I'm back. Sorry, I just had to get something. I'm back. Oh, okay, JD, you're up next. Here, here's your question. Okay. What two wrestlers did Eddie Guerrero defeat in a three-way to capture the IWA Mid-South title in 2002? William Regal and I want to say Chris Benoit. You're close. You're close on one of them here. The answers are CM Punk and Rey Mysterio. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero actually wrestled CN Punk. That was something. All right, all right, John, you're up next. Who was the first wrestler to win the WWF World Title under the management of Mr. Fuji? And I can tell you right now, here it is a nice balmy six degrees. Holy cow, that is something else. Hmm. John, you are correct. It is Yokozuna. Bonsai! <laughs> That's it. Bonsai. All right, J.D., here's yours. What promotion did the Bad Breed, Ian and Axel Rotten, originally form a tag team in? ECW? The Global Wrestling Federation. Hmm. Did not know that. John, who won the Battle Royal at WrestleMania 22, which was taped exclusively with a DVD Home release. John, you're correct. It was Viscera. Oh man! All right, JD. Think about this one. This is this is this one is going a little bit back here. So let's see if you know this one right here. Early in his career, Shawn Michaels formed a tag team known as American Force with what wrestler? Chavo Guerrero? Paul Diamond. Uh, John, your question is, who was Kurt Angle's opponent in his final WWE TV match before he jumped ship to TNA? John says the Brooklyn Brawler. The answer is Sabu. All right, all right, JD. Let's test this out a little bit here for you. What wrestler wrestled Fritz von Erich in Fritz's 1982 retirement match for the American title? I know this one, King Kong Bundy. That's right, John. Here is yours, John. Which of the following four superstars was not defeated by the Undertaker at a WrestleMania event? Was it King Kong Bundy, Ric Flair, Mankind, or Triple H? John, you're correct. It was Mankind. All right, J.D., let's let's test your knowledge here. Who was responsible for the primary training of of WWE superstar Batista? Danny Davis? Wild Samoan Alpha. So none that one. Oh, you knew. Oh, okay. Oh man. All right. John says although a, a mankind Undertaker fight would have been nice for WrestleMania, yes, it would have. John, here's your. What question. did he, who did he say? 
after he gave his answer for the last for his question, he said, "Although a Mankind Undertaker match would have been nice for WrestleMania." Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, yes. and Tom Batista, we have heard he might be coming back. Maybe. Hey, I, I hope so. I'd love to see that. And they're saying him and Brock maybe for WrestleMania this year. That'd be interesting. <laughs> if if Goldberg and Brock was uh, was a hit, yeah, Batista and Brock would be good. Awesome. Yeah, for the Superdome? Oh, yeah. Big time. Oh, indeed. John, uh, your question is this. Barry Horowitz briefly worked for WCW in 1990, forming a tag team with what legendary wrestler? And no, John, it's not Roman Reigns. <laughs> We're still trying to get information on Paige, however. The latest we've heard, however, this is what I've heard from Borla Me, they said right now, apparently it might have been her neck, however, they said. It says here, it says, she took a kick from the back of Sasha that caused the match to stop. A stretch was brought out, and she was able to walk to the back uh, with help from doctors. And it says how her... She had her back to Sasha at the time when it happened, and I realized that the kick was coming. Also, we can tell you, this this that's the report from Jeremy Thomas, and now we can say also from Jeremy Thomas, this has been confirmed to us now. The NXT Championship match for TakeOver Philadelphia is now official. It will be Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling, will facing Andrea Sin Almas for the title after Gargano won a fatal four-way this week, beating Lars Sullivan, Killian Dane, and Aleister Black tonight. Thank you very so much, he could pull off the biggest Rocky Balboa story of a lifetime in Philadelphia the night before the, uh, like I said, our, oh, this is cool. And then tonight, our Seamus decided to have a little fun with his buddy Cesaro uh, as, as WWE VIP experience for the birthday cake, and he decided to smash it right in Cesaro's face for his birthday today. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you very much, for Jenny. Some updates there. We do appreciate that, sir. John, let me repeat that question for you again. Barry Horowitz briefly worked for WCW in 1990, forming a tag team with what legendary wrestler? John, you're saying Paul Roma? It was actually a Moondog spot. Former WWE Jobber. That's it. JD, JD, your question is this: All right. Which which of the following four wrestlers was not a member of the Triad in WCW? Right. Was it DDP, Canyon, Chris Candido, or Bam Bam Bigelow? DDP, Canyon, Bam Bam Bigelow. What's the other one? Chris Candido. Chris Candido. You're absolutely right. Candido was not a part of it. I, <clears throat> I remember seeing a video of DDP on YouTube and all that talking about. The run he had with Canyon and Bigelow, how much he missed it, how much he missed it, both of them. Yeah. yeah that was well, just the, well, this year we talked about Bam Bam maybe going into the Hall of Fame this year, too. And, uh, yeah. Canyon, just, that one will be, will be well deserved for Bam Bam. Oh, but, yeah, big time. The Beast of the East, hell yeah. I mean, the guy was tough as they come and one of the big, better big men in the sport. So we'll see. Absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Uh, John, you're up next, okay? Here's your question. Uh, at WrestleMania 10, Randy Savage defeated Crush in a match with what stipulation?
You're correct, John. It was Falls Count Anywhere. I have that. Oh, I have that on tape. I think I have it on. I may have. I have it in a box set from uh, six to ten. Oh, that's what I do. I have the I have the box set too. That's why I, I have one, volumes one, two, and four. I don't have volume three though. You don't have one and three. I I do have one and three. However, I have one, two, and four. However, I have one through five, six through ten, and then uh, sixteen through twenty. Is there any that you're missing? Yeah, eleven through fifteen is the only one I'm box set. The eleven through fifteen. DVD thing, yeah. I'll talk to me after the show. Okay. All right. All right, JD, and, here's your question. Here's and your I question. can tell you, remember, we now heard it is a fish, like I said, on outside the ropes tonight, 65 inches of snow in uh, Erie. Ooh, my goodness. They're still digging oh, out. They're going to be bogged down here big time here, folks. Oh, this weekend? Yeah, they've got to do something like that, yep. Exactly. JD, here's your question. What what universally known recording artist has been best friends with Jim Brunzel for over 20 years? Greg Allman? Rich Springsteen. Huh. I did not, not, that, I didn't know, I did not that. I didn't know that one either. That's a new one, huh? It is. John, who's your question? Who did Randy Savage choose as his partner at Survivor Series 1992 to go against Ric Flair and Razor Ramon? Oh yeah, dig it. <laughs> I want to snap it to your sling, Jim. Oh yeah. I miss those commercials. Yeah. I really, I really do. Those were the those were the main commercials. Hmm. John, you're correct. It wasn't the Mr. Perfect. All right, John, all right, JD. Who was the winner of the first match on the first ever episode of Thunder on January eighth, nineteen ninety eight? That would be. Uh, I'm gonna say. Kevin Nash on that one. Believe it or not, it was Randy Savage. Hmm. John, what WWE character was killed off at the end of the Great American Bash in John, you're correct. It was indeed Paul Bearer. Go ahead, J.D. You're dying to do it. Go ahead. What's that? Paul Bearer, you said? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes! Oh, I you going to tell you. <laughs> Undertaker will be here in my parlor. <laughs> I knew you were going to say And Every time I bring that up, you always want to do that, so... I'm just going to turn you loose every time I say that name. There you go. Right. But it's right. not Goldust, though. <laughs> what? Uh, oh, Lord. Now, you do you do a mean Goldust, too. Uh, uh, of course, my, my infamous one, of course, is, of course, the American Dream, Dutch Rose. Live in living color, baby. Maybe a sweet sapphire. I miss my MLD. <laughs> yes, she's hopefully staying warm. She, hopefully she's staying warm tonight. <laughs> I hope so too. I hope. I hope so. I mean, too. the whole Northeast is getting just slammed with this cold. All right, JD. Here's your next question. On the first ever episode of Tuesday Night Titans, clips were shown of Jesse Jesse Ventura destroying one of Uncle Elmer's prized possessions. What was the item? JD. Oh, Uncle Elmer. Uh, that would be his car. Rolex watch. 
John, here's your question. Who did Booker T defeat in the finals of the 06 King of the Ring? John, you're correct. It was Bobby Ashley. That's tough. And we're talking about bringing him back. I'll tell you. I think he's coming. I'll tell you right now. I think he's coming back at the Rumble. I really do. You think he's going to be a surprise entrant? I think so. Yeah. Right. I can't believe I said Ashley. I meant to say Lashley. Lashley. Another blooper for the year. There you go. All right. All right. Uh, all right, JD. Here's your question. Which of the following four men have never won a tag team title with Adrian Adonis? Was it Roddy Piper, Bob Bob Orton Jr., Dick Murdoch, or Jesse Ventura? Piper. It was actually, believe it or not, Bob Orton Jr. I never knew he won with Piper, though. I knew he won with Dick Murdoch when they were in the North-South Connection. Of course, and you knew Jesse Ventura. The the East-West Connection. East-West Connection, right. All right, John. Who did Tito Santana and Ivan Putski defeat for the WWF World Tag Team titles on March 6, 1979? I think I know this one. There's no, there's no choices here, John. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, towards the end here, if 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 one of y'all doesn't know it, if y'all one of y'all wants to take a guess, then that's fine. Right. No, I, I forgot to do that. I meant to do that in the beginning. I forgot about it. John's actually guessing. He said the Wild Samoans. Uh, the answer is uh, J.D. Go I'll ahead. I'll take a stab at it. Is it the Valiant Brothers? It is the Valiant Brothers. That's right. All right. Next one, J.D., this is yours right here. When Jim the Anvil Neidhart debuted in, in, with the WWF in 1986, who was assigned to be his manager? Who was the guy again? Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Uh, that would be Mr. Fuji. You're absolutely right. It was, it was Fuji. All right, John, your question is this. The third episode of Raw in 93 featured an epic retirement match between what two WWE legends? John, you're right. It was Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair. And I think Perfect defeated Flair in that. Yeah, match. because he said Flair back and Flair would then show up a few months later, however, in WCW. All right, J.D., your question is this. Who did Rick Martel defeat to capture the AWA World Heavyweight title in May of 84? Dumbo Tursada. That's right. <clears throat> oh, God, this one person, I used to see this. This one, it says, the, it says, Happy Fest with Flair and his boxers. It says, the flaring of grievances will be immediately followed by the feats of strength. Happy Fest with everyone. That's great. Oh, oh wow. That's All right, great. John. All right, John. Uh, here is your question. Who is credited for breaking Bruno San Martino's neck in a WWF ring in 1976? 
John says superstar Billy Graham. Ah, Stan the Larry uh, Hansen. That's it. It was Stan Hansen. Good guess, though, John. I mean, I always thought the superstar. He, him and Superstar fought a few times, actually, in the 70s for that belt, I remember. In fact, Graham was the one that uh, he won the title off of the year later in Baltimore in April of 77. Well, oh, okay. Because I have the WWE 50th anniversary DVD, and it's on there without the commentary now. Oh, all right. All right, JD, here is your question. What recognizable wrestling legend entered the 95 Royal Rumble at number 27? Bob Backlund. Dick Murdoch. Ah, oh, that's right. That was one of his last appearances, too. You're right. John, here's your question. What was the first WWF championship to change hands at a WrestleMania event? No, John, what what was the first WWF championship to change hands at a WrestleMania event is the question. John, you're right. It was, in fact, the tag team titles. Great guess. And that was, of course, WrestleMania 1. And, of course, had had the Intercontinental title match happened a little bit different, that probably would have been the first. Oh, my God. This is crazy. You're talking nuts. Despite the fact they've not won a game all year, Browns Hugh Jackson says, however, that he will go jumping in Lake Erie at some point after the season. Holy cow. Come on, a nut job, huh? Yep. J.D., here's your question. Who was the referee for the Vincent Mann versus Hulk Hogan match at WrestleMania 19? <sighs> uh, Roddy Piper interfered with uh, Sean O'Hare, I remember. Was it Shane? Sylvain Grenier. Sylvain Grenier, that's right. I should have known. Remember, I think it was Earl Hebner's son who was a, the original yes. referee. And I think Vince McMahon took him out, and then all of a sudden he brought Grenier, because Grenier, if I'm not mistaken, I think there was that No Way Out in that same year. That was the match between Hogan and The Rock, was the second match yeah. between Hogan and The Rock. That McMahon brought Grenier in. Sylvain Grenier in, and, yeah, uh, okay, that's right. All right, All right uh, John, here's your question. What wrestler worked under the unauthorized gimmick of Batman in the Pittsburgh Territory in the 70s? <laughs> no, this is, this is a true story, too, John. I can vouch for this one. This is I can back this up, too. I know some people have heard this story. I can't remember the person. I know the person's name, but I can't. Remember, shoot, I'm not sure. I okay, can't remember okay. Let's see what John says there. Let's see what, the, and then, yeah, okay. When I said Pittsburgh, I knew JD was going to say something. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that story before. That's a legend story around here. Oh, the Batman thing is a legend story. Uh, it's not. Well, I shouldn't say considered a legend story, but it, okay. is, it has been talked about here, though. All right, JD, John has passed. You want? You want to crack that crack? <sighs> I gotta remember this. I think I've heard the story a few times from some people who know the story. Ah, it wasn't Bruno. I remember that. Ah, damn it! I'm gonna say George Steele, but I'm know I'm gonna be wrong. Tony Marino. 
Tony Marino. That's it. Because I, 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 I can't remember. Shoot. I remember that. Damn okay. it. RJD, you, you'll be able to redeem yourself here a little bit. I, mean, I know this was, that was John's question, but you did take a, try, a shot at it. But here, here's your here, – this, this crap, I'll talk in a minute. Well, let's give you a try with this one right here. All right. This is a true or false question. The Honky Tonk Man character was originally supposed to be a baby face in the WWF. What's that? What was the question again? The true or false. The Honky Tonk Man character was originally supposed to be a baby face in the WWF. True. Yes, it was. It was true. John, here is your, here's, here's your question right here. At what event did Vader debut for the WWF in 1996? John, you're right. It was the Royal Rumble 96 when Vader debuted for the WWF. Very nice. Very nice. JD, here's your question. What former champion is the only wrestler to, to both win and lose the WWF title with his feet on the ropes. Uh, I'm gonna say Bret Hart. I said WWWF title. Oh, three W's you mean? Yeah, the three W's. Uh, I'm gonna say Superstar. W-F-W. I'm gonna say Superstar Billy Graham. And you're absolutely right. It was Superstar. We'll go around one more time before we end. Before the end, and I might use these again tomorrow. I'm not if we not not do anything special. Okay. Uh, John, you had the last question there, J.D., yes. All right, John, here's your question. Who was Kurt Angle's opponent for his first ever match on uh, on a WWF pay-per-view? John, you're right. It was Sean Stasiak. Very good. All right, J.D., here's your question. Who from the following four wrestlers has never managed the Naturals in TNA? Was it Jimmy Hart, Jerry Lynn, Shane Douglas, or Chris Candido? I'm going to say Jerry Lynn. You'd be right. That would be Jerry Lynn. All right, John. Who is the only person to appear in the ring on both WWF Raw and WCW Nitro on the same night. John, you're right. It was indeed Ravishing Rick Rude. J.D., you're next. William Stephen Regal was fired from WCW in 1998 for refusing to sell for what wrestler? To sell for what wrestler? Dustin Rhodes? It was Goldberg. Hmm. 1998. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you're right. All right, John. Listen very carefully. What wrestler was falsely reported to have passed away in October of 2006? John, let me ask this again. What wrestler was was falsely reported as having passing away 
in October of 2006. <laughs> oh my lord. Oh my lord. JC will find that find this funny. He said John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> nice catch, John. <laughs> nice. Um just for kick, J D you do you want that guess as you do you have an idea as to I'll who the rock. Believe it or not, guys, it was Corporal Kirshner. Right, yeah. All right, uh, let's see, J.D., you're up next here. What was Tori Wilson's on-screen name when she first appeared on WCW TV in 1999? Uh, Tori Wilson's name was... My legs wrapped around you. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's very yummy. Uh, uh, um, You know what, since, since... JD, you've been you've been uh, you, I've been doing that to to some of the questions I asked John. Let me reverse it a little bit. Let me see if John knows it. John, do you want to take a crack at that question? Go for it, John. John says no. He doesn't want to take the crack. <laughs> well, thank God, John. No, the answer was what was Samantha. the answer? Samantha. I didn't know that, huh? Yeah, he. I think I. I thought at one point. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought he. I thought that was during the time that she was with um, David Flair. Oh, jeez. I think it, I'm guessing. I don't know. I'm guessing. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, okay, John, this is your question. Who did Eddie Guerrero defeat to capture his first ECW TV title? John, you say Dean Belenko. The answer was Two Cold Scorpio. He faced Belenko the following week, John. All right, J.D., here's yours. What wrestler is credited with training J.B.L., Jerry Lynn, and Vader? Uh, Eddie Sharkey? Brad Regans. John, um, let's try this question out right here. On the final episode of Tuesday Night Titans in 1988, Hulk Hogan introduced Vince McMahon and Alfred Hayes to a new health product known as what? John said the Hogan vitamins. <laughs> it was actually called Python powder. Do you remember that answer? Python power. And JD, you get the last one here. We'll do probably we'll do some more tomorrow on Wolfpack here. Excuse me. Who was Hulk Hogan's opponent on the first ever episode of WCW Monday Night Nitro on September fourth, nineteen ninety five? Big Bubba Rogers, Ray Trailer. You got that right. And there you go, here, folks. And we'll go we'll go around and do a few more here of these uh, tomorrow night. 
there's some more interesting questions here uh, um, that I think JD and John will like to take. We'll, we'll definitely take a a good shot at it and some good answers and that was given all around here, guys. <clears throat> and Johnson, he's already he said he will see us tomorrow on NWO Wolfpack. He's already left, so we do thank John for coming on here tonight. JD, anything else you wish to add, sir? No, but I think everyone's going to like the uh, closing of tonight. Oh, yes, indeed. And J.D. does have a closing piece of music here for you here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, on that note here, I do want to thank the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, and the Human Surface Machine, John Gross, for joining me here tonight for episode 437 of Revolution. Be sure to join us tomorrow night for NWO Wolfpack. More wrestling news and views, more history and birthdays. Uh, J.D. and John uh, may give uh, some more insight as to their thoughts on uh, last night's SmackDown Live broadcast, and we'll have some more of these uh, trivia questions here, courtesy of OnlineWorldOfWrestling.com. This is Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw saying thank you very much for joining us here tonight. <clears throat> and uh, of course, remember Wolfpack will be like episode, will be called the one three eight five two one pound with our live video coming from Future of WCWS. So be sure to join us in for that. Revolution is a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com, where we are two years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. Everyone take care. Out there, stay, stay warm, by the way. Definitely, we'll definitely see you in the ring. <clears throat> and, of course, take care of yourselves and each other, by the way, I should say. Stay warm. I should stay warm uh, here tonight. Especially those folks up from Pennsylvania will be saying an extra special prayer for them. Yeah. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, take care of yourselves and each other. And as, and as always, they're in the WWS radio network right here on TalkShoe.com. God bless everyone, and have a great evening. J.D., take it away, sir, if you please.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.